As I mentioned, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This week and next week, we're splitting this topic up into two. We're talking this week just about chapter 12. We're talking about spiritual gifts. I have a couple questions that we're going to kick off with. When we leave today, the goal is to get across from God's word really kind of three big ideas that you want to take away. Um, but I want to start by saying some of what we're going to talk about today is what we would call controversial. So this is, these can be controversial topics. So let me ask you guys, why should we talk about controversial topics from the Bible? Why should we, why should we teach on it and why should we talk? Because some of you are like, I don't want to talk about controversial things. You know, I want to avoid that. But why do we sometimes need to talk about controversial things? Who has thoughts on that? Michael? Yeah, so we can understand what the Bible's saying and have strong convictions around those, Bennett. We can't really ignore parts about the gospel of Scripture, so yeah, you absolutely have to talk about it because you can't ignore um, some of these things that, are, that can be controversial. That they don't have to be. We, you, know, you can definitely have a strong conviction around some of these things, but hope. Yeah, so always be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies within us. There you go. That was a freebie for today. So, um, who is that? Yeah. I, I think a lot of the controversial topics uh, we engage with on a daily basis. So, they're very prevalent to us. Really good. So, even developing a habit on how do you talk about controversial topics the right way, the loving way, by asking questions, by soliciting feedback from people. These are, all, these are actually kind of um, biblical skills on how to communicate and how to talk to people. So, we actually want to help develop out. Um, some of those, but controversial things help us build character. And in a 25 minute lesson, there's no way that I'm going to do justice to this topic of spiritual gifts, right? So this is, this is an introduction. This is hopefully to get you to understand. I've got to dig into this a little bit more. Um, part of what we try to do here is be motivational, not just informational, um, you know, you get a lot of information. Um, what do you do with that? So we want to try to motivate you to be thinking about these things, but you have to search the scriptures out for some of these things, but we're going to give you a framework to work with them. Um, so then why do we not talk about these more? Like you gave some lots of great reasons about why we, we do talk about that. Why do we not talk about these things more often? And let me just give you the answer of what we're looking for here. It's because if you look throughout all of scripture and the gospels, the goal The striving goal is unity over division. So this is also one of the main themes of spiritual gifts from this passage, is that we want to speak about the things where we can be unified, not just divide. So now I'm going to go back and revisit. For those of you who were with us last semester, do you remember this chart when we were talking about conscience and we were talking about tiering? What are are first tier issues, second tier issues, etc.? So just to kind of remind you about this is that our conscience will inform us around things that are, that are the disputable matters involving application. And, and I don't know if I would necessarily put spiritual gifts into that category, um, but some of them may fall into that category. Remember, part of the wisdom that you have to have is where do you put things, right? And then the second one is distinctive positions, maybe for like a local church, you know, or, or a denomination. Like these are distinctives that we have on how we apply spiritual gifts. And then the middle is what is necessary for the unity of all Christians, the core doctrine. And I want to make an argument that that's where we should really focus. 
When you get out and you attend a college and you attend a church, whether it's Palmetto or somewhere else, or you start making decisions with your family, you want to meet, you want your family and you want your church environment to be known. What is it that we're for? Not is it not what are we against? You know, many churches and denominations are built on what they're against. And that is not the gospel approach that we want to take. We want everybody to know what are we for. So like this morning, Sam talked about how much we are very much for life. We're very much for what that means biblically. We are for that. Um, and, and that's, I would argue, that's a much better position for you to have in your life than it is to say, I'm against abortion. Like we're, this, this church, we're the church. That, now, we are against it, but, but let's really talk about what we're for. So um, let me give you a couple little applications. Then we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts. Um, you know, if you take things like music or Bible translations and you build a church or ministry around we are against all forms of something except this. And you actually create disunity among the body. That's a pretty dangerous place to be, according to God's word. So we want to focus on what are we unified around. So the goal when we talk about these things is not to get rid of disagreements over matters of conscience or even over distinctive positions. But we want to live together in love, grace, and unity. So that's kind of this big picture. Because look at chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Let me read those. And, and you're going to have to have your Bibles open or your phones open because we're going we're gonna to be letting that actually make some of our points for us as we go through. But chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So the key idea of spiritual gifts is these are from the Lord. And when we are using these, they are gifts that come to us from the spirit. Now, so big idea that we're going to carry through this is unity. How do we use spiritual gifts? What are they for? All of those things. Now, I want you guys to give me some feedback. What is the difference between spiritual gifts and the fruit of the Spirit? Okay, because we have to kind of define these because they're two distinct things. What is the difference between spiritual gifts and fruit of the Spirit? Okay, so spiritual gifts are, are given to individuals, and they could be very different for the purpose of, of building up the church. That's a key theme of this, this passage. Okay, so now contrast that. Somebody contrast that with the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Everyone should be displaying the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, the fruits of the Spirit. Yes, yes. All right, two great answers. Did anybody else have anything they'd want to add to that that was going through your mind? So, so the fruit of the Spirit is for all believers, okay? 
So the idea that you might say, well, I wish I were, you know, more loving, you know, the way CJ is and, and that, you know, or if I, I wish I was more patient like Carter is, you know, no, 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 no. The fruit of the spirit is not like you, I get to pick one or two that I can be really good at and the rest are kind of take it or leave it. The fruit of the spirit are, are when you are in the spirit, all of these fruits will be making their manifestations in your life. They are for us all because they are an outflowing of the spirit doing its work in us. Whereas spiritual gifts, this is really, really connects last week to when we talked about stewardship and that there's different giftings, different abilities and different amounts that God gives to all of us. So you having an understanding of what your gifting is in these different areas are, are really helpful. So is that good so far? So let me ask you another question. How many of you have taken a spiritual gifts inventory or a test? I'm surprised it's not more. Um, okay. Tell us about your experience with that. Oh, my. Um, it was something I was assigned to do for a seminary class. It, so it, I found it very helpful once I put definitions to the terms of what they were trying to give. But without those definitions, I felt very confused and lost in, well, what does this mean? What, what were like your top two gifts? I don't remember. Okay, everybody. What do you think CJ's top spiritual <laughs> gifts are? I have one that I think is one of CJ's for sure. But based on the list that's down there in front of you, if you've got the handouts or the notes, anybody have any guesses? What do they think CJ's spiritual gift is? Yeah. Hospitality and teaching. I would put that pretty high for, for CJ. Um, I'll see if I can find it for the assignment. Okay, he's going to try to find the assignment. That would be actually a really good feedback point. Um, I, I would think for CJ, like, and again, I've worked with him so closely. Um, CJ is one of the wisest men that I know. Like, he has incredible wisdom in so many different situations, and I really, really appreciate that um, about him. So look at verses 4 through 6. So let's go to our second question. That is, where do spiritual gifts come from? We, we know this answer, but we want the Bible to answer it for us. But look at verse four. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all. Uh, were you guys paying attention when I read that? There's a huge doctrine that was just taught right here in this verse. What was it? Oh, you missed it. Go back and look again. Now, listen to me as I read it, and then somebody's going somebody's gonna to get it. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of gifts of service, but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. So what is this talking about? The Trinity, right? Isn't that cool how we're talking about these spiritual gifts, and all of a sudden, wait a minute, here's the Trinity that's taught right here. That so the idea, the reason why it's really important to understand his illustration of the Trinity when he's writing this, this is how the body of Christ works. This is how the church works. The Trinity has very different functions, but it's all for the same purpose. And they're not competing against one another, that they've been given to us as a special gift. And that even in the Trinity and how the Trinity works together, that is evidence of how our spiritual gifts should work in the church. Isn't that cool to see? So I, I love that when things like that happen. Um, so these are gifts. Where do they come from? They come from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like the, all of these gifts are given to us. 
and he empowers them to everyone. So that is where the gifts come from. So question number three, and we're about to name some of these gifts, and then we're going to get into like the controversial stuff, because I know you're all, you all like controversial things. But why are they so important? So um, Saul, would you mind reading for us verse 7 of chapter 12 just real loud? To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So another big idea about spiritual gifts is they're not for you. Like, like, like you could be really good at reading the Bible and understanding it. But if you're not using that to help other people, you're missing an opportunity. Um, let me give you another one that this passage talks about, and that's faith. I don't have the spiritual gift of faith. And what we're talking, now I have faith, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but some people, I mean, do you know somebody that is like, they have faith. Like no matter what's happening, they are pointing people all around them back to God and to his promises and to his truth in a way. Haven't you ever heard somebody testify about this? And, and they testify about their faith and you're like, I wish I had their faith, you know? If that is your spiritual gift, you need to be using that for the common good. Other people around you need that gift in their life. Um, And so this purpose, why are they so important? It's because they are for the common good for the church. Now, we've divided the two listing of gifts into two categories I say we, I guess I've divided these, but this is the way, you know, many theologians. So we've divided them in what we call the serving gifts and the sign gifts, okay? And even some people debate about where each of these gifts fall, but somebody tell me, why did we maybe divide these between serving gifts and sign gifts? CJ wants to answer. We'll let you be the third person, all right? So yeah, Esther. Okay, good. So, so Esther said the sign gifts um, closed with the canon when the canon when the Bible was complete. What is the what is the terminology for that? If you if, if that's the way you believe strongly, you are known as a what? Cessationist. Did I say it right? I was worried when I was practicing that one yesterday that I was going to say it wrong. Um, cessationist, and I, I still may say it wrong. So listen up. If I say it wrong, like raise your hand or something. Um, but they would believe that the gifts that we would call the sign gifts ended. And so we're going to talk about what in the Bible says that, um, et cetera. Um, I always like to tell people where I'm coming from, by the way. You, you want to really know when somebody's teaching, like where they kind of fall um, in some of these areas. And so I will say this. Um, where I fall is there is absolutely no doubt that we need to be practicing and using the serving gifts. Those are very, very clear. Those are, those are very clear throughout scripture. Um, the sign gifts, I don't know if I would call myself like a strict cessationist because I think you would have to say, what, what do you mean by these ceasing, et cetera? But I think that's probably where I tend to fall mostly. And, and we'll talk about why in just a minute because I think that is the most biblical approach. But I have wonderful Christian friends. And some of you probably have come from churches that would practice speaking in tongues. You know, that may be something that your church does back home, or or maybe you've been a part of that church. And I know wonderful Christian people that that go to churches that that practice that. Um, So I would kind of fall in the the mild cessationist 
So just to kind of let you know where I'm, where I'm coming from, because I'm not, I don't want to try to influence you one way or the other. Okay, so I would say that was a great answer, that maybe the sign gifts have ceased. The serving gifts should continue on. Does anybody else want to add to that? CJ, would you add to that at all? Or Paul? Yeah? Um, so the one thing I want to add to that is uh, I actually got it from Pastor Ken. Um, and he said to me one time, if you're trying to figure out your spiritual gifts, maybe you should just default to seeing if service is the one. Because as believers, we're all called to serve. So there's a high probability since we're all called to serve that that may be your gift. That's good. Would you add anything to the debate of where are you? Are you a cessationist? I don't know. That's a good answer. I would say I've probably also changed over time. You know, like, like when I've been to foreign countries where the word of God is not as deeply prevalent as it is here in our culture, I, I would probably lean more towards not being a strict cessationist. You know, when you're, when you're in other cultures and you see things. Um, but, um, but again, I don't, want to, I don't want to influence you. If you say, no way, these have ceased, we're actually going to make some arguments from the Bible about why that, that is, is very well true. Um, and I would say for the most part, they probably have ceased. You know, um, you know if, I would change my mind if I ever saw an evangelist heal somebody that had a withered hand that didn't exist, and then they brought him up on stage, and they turned that withered hand into a real hand that worked, so they did that in the Bible. Like, or, or somebody who was born blind and they're 50 years old and they've been blind their whole life and everybody in town knew they were blind and then someone allowed them to see, <laughs> then I maybe would change my mind about you know, healings or, or what about if you raise somebody from the dead? Like, like if you did that, I would probably change my mind and not be a strict cessationist anymore. Um, so, but, but I do believe God can heal and I do believe that there's miracles, all of those things. All right, so let's talk about the serving gifts that are mentioned here. Um, so what are some of the specific gifts listed here? Um, I'm going to put all these up, and then we're going to just read. And um, that way, if you're taking notes, you can write these down. So look at verse number eight. And it says, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. So the first gift that's listed here is, is wisdom. And by the way, for those of you who are thinking, I'm going to ask you if there's, in a minute, what gifts are talked about in other parts of the Bible that aren't mentioned specifically in this passage. So if you want to start thinking about what are some other gifts that maybe aren't mentioned here um, that we can just, just throw out there. But the gift of wisdom, the gift of wisdom is how do you apply God's word appropriately in the right context of our culture today? So the wisdom is applying God's word appropriately in the right context of our culture today. I think certain people are incredibly gifted with wisdom. And and I would say if you are gifted with wisdom, you want to exercise that gift. You want to exercise that gift with your friends. And if you know somebody who's gifted in wisdom, you should be going to that person and asking for wisdom. You know, we often go to people who are maybe in our friend group or closest to us or heaven forbid. I know none of you do what I do. When you have a difficult thing and you want to ask somebody's advice, you go to someone who you think is going to tell you the answer that you want to hear. You know, I do that a lot. Like, like I go and find somebody, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know where they're going to fall on this. Let me get their take on it. Um, and so, but wisdom is appropriately applying God's word. Um, and, and by the way, if you don't feel like that is your spiritual gift, that doesn't mean that's not an area that you should not be growing in. 
You're like, oh, I don't have the spiritual gift. That, that is the danger of these spiritual gift tests is that you take this test and you're like, oh, that's the only thing I can do. You know, so like, like, I, like Charlie's like, I'm the wisdom man, everybody. So like, like Charlie's the one guy in the whole church that you've got to go to if you've got an issue. No, no, no. Um, I actually believe God can gift people at different stages of life at different times for kingdom work. So don't think you're, you're like pigeonholed into this one area. Um, so what is knowledge? So the next one he talks about is knowledge. He says, um, give to the spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another one the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. Um, and, and knowledge is simply an understanding of God's word. Um, knowledge is understanding. Wisdom is more of the application. Knowledge is an understanding of God's word. Um, and this would often be connected to one of the gifts that's not specifically mentioned here, and that's the gift of teaching. Um, so, so knowledge, having knowledge of God's word, being able to teach it, communicate. Um, we talked about this one, number nine, or verse nine. It says, to another, faith by the same spirit. So we would also say a serving gift is faith. Um, faith means you are trusting God in a supernatural way. So this is the people around you that can point to God, even in the midst of really hard things. We're trusting God and we're claiming his promises. Generally, people who have really, really powerful faith are also people of prayer. Those things tend to go together often. Um, And so I don't know if the faith comes because of prayer or the prayer comes because of faith, but that is a spiritual gifting um, of faith. Verse 10 and we're going, to come, we're going to come back and talk about the sign gifts in just a minute. Um, so verse 10 says, And to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another the ability to distinguish between spirits. So prophecy, some people say prophecy can be considered a sign gift to where if you believe you are getting new revelation from God. So I would be fine if people said, I don't believe that the gift of prophecy should be a serving gift. It should be a sign gift. Um, But also many people say the gift of prophecy would be prophesying or we would say preaching, like preaching God's word confidently and transparently and boldly like they are they are preaching the word of God. So if you want to debate that, you can go either way on prophecy. I, I believe if you said new revelation to God's word, I would believe that would be more of a sign gift. And that's not the application that I think is probably taught here. And then the last one is, is one of discernment. Do you see at the end of verse 10 where it talks about, um, and to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. So that would be the gift of um, discernment. So those are the serving gifts. Are there any that you, we talked about teaching not being listed here. Are there any others that you believe are serving gifts for today that are taught in other places in the Bible that aren't here yeah, exhortation or encouragement, the gift of encouragement. So. Mercy is another one that wasn't specifically mentioned here. What is your view of the gift of mercy, Luke? What does that look like? Um, I mean, I think some people are just more naturally soft-spirited and they're able to sympathize with fellow believers and build them up in ways that some people So I would say um, encouragement is probably the more proactive outward side. And mercy is probably the one that, that empathy, you're going to go to that person and you're going to know that they're going to sit, love you, pray with you, um, and, and help you through those times. So what about any others? We mentioned teaching, which can kind of be prophecy, but teaching is another one that's listed separately. Any others? Yes. 
the gift of evangelism. Um, now, I was hoping someone would bring this one up because this is one that we are all called to do. But, but some people are particularly gifted with evangelism. Can I encourage you, if you find somebody like that, just kind of attach your wagon to them at times and, and go with them to understand what that looks like, um, for, for them to, to show you what it looks like to evangelize. But I, I do believe that we are all called to be evangelists, but there is a gifting of that, whether it's evangelism to the lost or evangelism to encourage the church. Any others? There's one more that I had that, that you guys haven't. Giving, giving. yeah, the, the gift, gift of giving. Um, to, let me just be blunt. Some of you are gonna graduate and you don't even know it right now or you don't even realize it and it's just gonna kind of like fall in your lap. Some of you are gonna have the ability to make a lot of money, you know? And, and I know that that feels kind of weird to say that, um, but that's, it's not yours. Like, like that, that entrustment that we talked about last week God may be preparing you to be a giver. Um, that is just part of it. And some of you are saying, you know what? I want to be that guy. Like, I want to be the one that makes all the money because, of course, I'll give it away perfectly and, and all those things. Um, but, but some of you need to realize now that, that you may be a person that, that God's going to develop that gift in you. Um, but I think we all should start that now. So really good. So let's talk about the sign gifts and then we'll finish up. The sign gifts that I believe are mentioned here are healings, miracles, and tongues. Um, we're not going to talk about tongues because we're actually going to talk about that next week. Because there's, there's chapter 14 talks about speaking in tongues um, a lot. So the idea of healings is um, people see this. And in fact, CJ, will you go to Romans chapter 15, verses 17 through 21? I'm going to let you read that um, in just a minute. Um, and then, Jack, will you read for me in, for, in just a minute 1 Corinthians 13, 8. So the idea of healings, miracles, and tongues. Healings carries the idea of raising people from the dead, healing someone that's blind from birth, um, healing a withered hand. Um, and, and I'm not saying that that never happens today. I, I just don't know if it really does. <laughs> like, I, like, I mean, I've never, I haven't lived throughout all of you know, time and space but I really, truly don't hear that. I, I hear of people healing people that have, uh, you know, a backache, you know, and then they're healed. Um, and, and we're going to talk about if you've never seen kind of a healing ceremony or maybe you see it on TV. And, and a lot of times we, we joke about that, um, which, which, you know, I'm guilty of, but we should be cautious of. But, but we are going to talk about next week, what, what is worship supposed to look like and not look like? So that's a little hint of where we're headed. But, but generally speaking, we don't see healings um, and we don't see miracles turning water to wine. The miracles where people looked at that and said, this is God. Um, so CJ, would you mind just maybe standing up reading those pas- that passage from Romans? In Jesus Christ, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, unless I build on someone else's foundation, present it, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, 
and those who have never heard will understand. So if, if I were to frame, you know, that passage, the signs and wonders of preaching God's word, when people hear these apostles, they know that they are from God, that they are bringing God's message. And for many of them, it's the first that they've ever heard. And the word of God was not even fully available to them. So in that context of us today, I don't think that there are signs and wonders that are needed. I think the sign gifts probably have, have ceased. Um, if, I, if I'd be fair with that passage, and this is where I struggle, I don't have all the answers, and I'm not saying I, I am firmly entrenched on this. But when I hear that passage, when you hear things like people who have never heard before, there's signs and wonders. Boy, I, I have talked to people who've never heard the name of Jesus and through nature and through other means, God made himself real to people. Like, I truly believe that that, that, that can happen. Um, so, um, again, I'm probably not solving the conflict here that's out there. These are good things for you to discuss with others and to pray about. Um, but, but, Jack, would you mind reading? Um, because this is probably one of the more common verses that talks about um, cessationism, and it speaks specifically to tongues. Um, but will you just stand and read that verse for us? So, um, so not next week, but probably the week after or sometime, you know, within three or four weeks, we're going to talk about first Corinthians chapter 13, because look at the end of chapter 12, um, at, at the end of chapter 12, uh, all the spiritual gifts, all the discussions around it, Paul says this, but now I'm going to show you a still more excellent way. And that's chapter 13. That that's the way of love. And what does that mean? So that's the third big, huge idea around spiritual gifts is that they fail in comparison to loving one another, right? Um, And by the way, love is that first fruit of the spirit. So that's a really important concept in your mind is delineating between gifts and fruit of the spirit, unity, how important it is, and love is what really changes people. But that passage that, that was read there by Jack talked about tongue ceasing. Some people believe that that means they ceased when the canon was complete. Some people believe that means that tongues will cease when Jesus comes back. Um, I don't have the perfect answer for that, but we are going to talk about it next week. We're going to talk about tongues um, and what that means um, specifically. But, but I do believe there's a lot of merit to the idea that sign gifts are not used today in the church based on these passages and lots of others the way serving gifts are. Um, but I would not put this as like, the number one top tier issue either. I think, I think there's probably room in here. So real quickly, and then we'll close and get out of here. What's the purpose of spiritual gifts? I'm just gonna let the Bible answer. Will you just read, read along with me as I read in verse 12? For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, the Jews and the Greeks, the slaves or the free, All were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose If all were a single member, where would the body be? 
So the purpose of spiritual gifts is to bring unity in the body. It's to serve the body. It is for the common good. Are you using your gifts for the common good? That is the purpose of spiritual gifts. And then how do you properly use them? Um, And we've kind of talked about this, the last question. How do we properly use them? I'll let you read verses 20 through 31 on your own. Um, But you practice them within wisdom and you use them within a church. So I'll close with this. Um, I want to thank you guys for being here and for being part of our church because we need you. I think Sam made that very clear last year. We need each of you in our church and we need you to be active you need, to be, you need to be part of this body. We want you here. We want you to be active. Um, so you can do that by doing exactly what you're doing today. You come, you sit and hear God's word, you connect with other people around you, you make sure people are not alone, you're reaching out. Um, you get involved in a community group because we want that, we want that for you. Uh, by the way, a brand new community group is getting started. It's an easily, it's a little bit of a drive. But if you're not involved with a community group and there's two or three of you that haven't gotten involved, Maybe that's a great way to meet people in the church you would never, ever meet. And you may build a lifetime connection to somebody that every week you're involved in their life. Brand new community group could be a great opportunity. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, And then you get involved and you serve what CJ was talking about, serving others, Um, serving in the church, serving with the kids, with the music, but serving one another. Sorry, serving one another in the church. You know, that doesn't mean that you necessarily have this title but that you are involved in lives. We, we need that. So let's pray. Pray for God to give us wisdom. CJ's got one more comment. Um, okay. So I think I would agree with Bert on the, like, I'm not a hardcore cessationist. And um, this is just one thing. Um, I'm one, Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> one um, area to help you, like, have wisdom in this is that nothing of the Spirit will ever contradict what we already know from Scripture. That's right. Um, so, say there is an example of someone who's coming from somewhere where the gospel has not been named yet, and they say, I had a vision from God, and he said, I had to sacrifice my child to get his blessing. Okay, we know that that is definitely not from God because that contradicts what we know from Scripture. But, if they have a vision that says, um, you know, go here to meet this person and they meet a missionary and that missionary brings the gospel to their village, I'm not going to discount that that vision was from God. I'm not... Do we see the difference? Okay. That's, that's just one thing. Like, Remember, nobody who comes and says, I have this vision, I have this spiritual gift, if it contradicts scripture then they're lying and they're a false teacher and you can just tell them to get out because it's, it's not from God. So to read verse three again, that, love that comment. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, meaning they are speaking anything outside of the gospel. No one ever says that. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So that, I think that's the perfect verse to summarize that. So let's pray. You guys get out of here. We love you guys. And God, we want to thank you that you give us the ability to serve and you have gifted us through the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit um, gifts. And I pray that um, we would see those giftings in our lives and we would be confident to go out and serve you with those. Um, we thank you, God, that we as a church body 
have been put together to practice a reflection of the Trinity. And so we, we thank you for that and, and we praise you for that. And we pray for wisdom and we pray for energy to do this. Um, and we pray that we would encourage each other with the giftings that you've given us. We pray that we would be filled with the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit would be evidence in all of our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.